Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Our Lady's Isle. There's many a legend handed down of the shrine of Our Lady's Isle, and it is said by the people of Wexford, Ireland, there was a shrine in the quiet place from the earliest days of Christianity in the land. And that may well be true, for it is closely connected with the ancient pilgrimage place of penance at Loft Derg, where St. Patrick himself set up his earthly purgatory that the Irish might see with their own eyes the truth of his teaching, which they did and never forgot. However, that legend for which Our Lady's Isle will be longest remembered dates back to 1649, when Oliver Cromwell was fighting his way through Ireland, plundering the monasteries and churches, and teaching the Irish people proper respect to his authority by cutting off their heads. Duffy, you're only an altar boy, and a tiny one at that. One can hardly expect you to know and to understand the cruel things happening to Ireland. But someday, God willing, I'll learn to read and find out for myself. Cross yourself, Duffy, oh, God willing. But mind you, lad, it may be God's will that both you and I die before Cromwell's finished. But, Father... They haven't found a shrine of Our Lady yet. And that in itself's a miracle. When the English were here before, they razed every monastery, church, and shrine and carried off the treasure. But why do these things happen, Father? Uh, why? Why, indeed? It's beyond mortal understanding. But what did we ever do to Cromwell that he should be angry with us? You'll learn, Duffy, if you grow to manhood, uh, that in this world you're oftentimes as hated for the things you don't do as for the things you do. 
how can that be, Father? What have we done that they should come across the sea just to kill us and burn our churches? We haven't turned our backs on the church and the Holy Father. And they have? They have indeed. And even now, Cromwell's at Clonmel, having destroyed Drogheda, Wexford and Waterford and Kilkenny. He'll not find us, Father. Perhaps not, Duffy. This little island in the middle of the lake conceals the shrine well. They may pass us by once again. But English horsemen rode by this afternoon. I never even looked in our direction. They were riding fast. At a dead gallop, Father. No doubt on their way to Clonmelo. We'll soon know the fate of that poor place. They can't hold out, Father. Their ammunition's all but gone, and food was scarce a week ago. Within the week, there'll be widows kneeling before Our Lady. Henry, there'll be no further need of cannon. I've ordered it stopped. Clonmel's out of ammunition. They're armed now only with clubs and scythes. No use wasting good powder. We'll need it elsewhere. You wish me to move in with the troops? Not yet. They're expecting me to send surrender terms, but I want them to come to me. Arrest your men. My congratulations, Cromwell. Our work in Ireland's about complete. We've beaten them thoroughly. Henry, my dear son-in-law, I'm not content to beat the Irish in battle. That was a simple thing. Beating an army in the field is not enough. I was determined that every man, woman, and child in Ireland will remember me with fear and terror, so I'll not have to come again. I'm sure they'll not forget us soon. They'll call me cruel, but, Henry, it was necessity. They must be taught that rebellion is useless. Like children, they must be punished so severely they'll not try again. They must soon leave to settle matters in Scotland. When I leave, you'll carry out the campaign. I'll make it as short as possible. Follow the example I've set. Show no mercy to the idolaters. Seek out their shrines and images and destroy them. See to it a careful account is kept of the gold and other treasure. We are but the instruments, Henry. It's God's wrath we carry in our steel, not ours. I'll do as you say, Cromwell. I would have it that the very name Cromwell strikes terror in their hearts. I'm hated now for what I do. They'll forgive me when we've brought them back to God and delivered them from Rome. Look, the men's coming from the city with a white flag. Ha, sooner than expected. Go to your men. You know what to do. it always like this? I mean, when men would not cross in the water to put us to death. Oh, yes, Duffy. There was a time long years ago, some 150 now, when England was Catholic, and their king and the Holy Father were exchanging pleasantries to and fro like brothers. A hundred and fifty years. That's before even my grandfather was born. As a matter of fact, this king, it was Henry VIII, he wrote a book that so pleased the Holy Father, he gave him a grand and glorious title. Defender of the faith, no less. Defender of our faith, Father? Of course. What other faith is there? You don't think the Holy Father would be after bestowing on anyone a mighty title like that for defending the others? Oh, I'm sorry, Father. Uh... I was only trying to get things straight. 
It's a bit difficult to understand. There's no need to apologize, Duffy. It is difficult for a grown man to understand, much less a boy of 12. And uh, is this the king grandfather said left the church? The same. Him with the soul as black as the chimney soot. But when he left the church, he gave the title back. He did nothing of the kind, not Henry VIII. Though he was very quick to take back the presents he made to the church and the Holy Mother, he never gave back anything given to him. He kept the title? Not only did he refuse to give it up, he pretended to the English people he was defending the faith against the Holy Father. Father, is it true Henry wanted to get rid of his wife, who was old and fat, and take a prettier girl to wife? What? The Lord save us. Where did you hear that story? From my grandfather. If your grandfather would spend more time at confession and less at talking, it'd be a grand thing for the countryside. You mean the story's not true? Well, since the cat's now out of the bag, you might as well know the truth of the matter. It is perfectly true. Henry VIII did wish to divorce his wife, Catherine, as gracious a queen as ever lived, God bless his soul, but... Oh, well, for various reasons. Various reasons? What you keep a civil tongue in your head and not interrupt when your priest endeavoring to enlighten you on a bit of history. Oh, yes, Father. I'm sorry. So, the long and short of it was, the Holy Father looked upon the divorce as a grand bit of nonsense and refused to sanction it. And Henry knocked the heads about in Parliament and other places much more holy where he had no right to meddle and divorced Catherine and made himself head of the church in England, and did about as he pleased. And that was a hundred and fifty years ago? Yes, Duffy. And why do you wrinkle your brows now? Well, I was thinking, with so much time, people would forget they were angry with one another. Mm, it's never like that. Once you do something that's wrong, you have to do a lot of other wrongs to make the first one seem right. Oh, like the time Seamus O'Connor called me a name and I gave him a bat in the eye. Ah, the very thing I had in mind. In an instant, you were both down in the dirt trying to gouge out each other's eyes. Oh, I was only making him apologize for calling me a papist. Oh, Lord bless us, what's wrong with that? A papist is one who believes in the Pope. But it was the way he said it, Father. Oh, oh, I see your point, Duffy. He did apologize? He did not. And you did forgive him? Well, no. I mean, not yet. But you will. If you say so, Father. I do say so. Yes, Father. And you'll say a prayer for him. Yes, Father. Ah. Now it's getting dark. Take the boat and row to the mainland and see what news you can pick up of Clonmel. You're not afraid, Duffy? No, Father. I don't like sending you, lad. But if the English were to kill me... There'd be no one left to administer the sacraments. Oh, I won't be caught. I know a dozen places to hide. Then go and be careful, Duffy. I'd never forgive myself if anything happened to you. Us, Henry. I've rung from the mayor of Clonmel that O'Neill and his soldiers marched out in the dead of night and have retreated to Ballinasack. Yeah. Here are the terms on which they wish to surrender. The uninterrupted liberty and profession of the Catholic religion. The preservation of their property for the Catholic clergy, including the religious of the monasteries. 
And their bishop should remain in office. Your answer? As at Wexford. The terms are abominable and impudent. Tell the mayor the townspeople can have their skins, but that's all. And he has one hour to decide. Duffy, is that you? Yes, Father. What did you learn? Claude Mill has surrendered. May God have mercy on our people. But O'Neill and his soldiers escaped before the surrender. Heaven be praised for that. The English will take after them. If we can remain undiscovered for a few more days, we may be saved. Well, if you send out word for the people not to come here, we might escape notice. Oh, don't speak of that. I've been tempted to do that. But, Father, wouldn't it be... No. No, Duffy, I can't do it. When misfortune's on us, the people need comfort... The help of Our Lady. Don't you see that, lad? Yes, I think so. And if they have the courage and the will to come to Our Lady, shouldn't their priest be there to receive them? And their altar boy too, Father? You'd let me stay? Yes, Duffy. How would I attend to my duties without an altar boy? Oh, thank you, Father. Wednesday will be the Feast of the Assumption. Remember how it was last year? Oh, yes. So many people, some had to wait outside the door of the chapel. Mm. It'll be reasonably safe. The English have long ago destroyed St. Patrick's Shrine, and they most likely think there wouldn't be another so nearby. Suppose, would you suppose the English should come? What should we do? Oh, Duffy, you're too small to fight. You'd best run to the lake and swim to shore. I'll never run from them. I'm small, but I could grab a soldier by the feet and trip him up. Now, 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 don't go borrowing trouble. My grandfather can come this time. He's sick in bed. But he told me to remind you to be sure and hide the outer vessels till the English are gone. As if I needed reminding. Haven't I told you time and again to run with the vessels the first sign of danger? That I'll do. And now let's pray that Wednesday's night will be dark and the English not stirring about. What is it, Henry? This information has just come in. Uh-huh. What's this? A shrine nearby? Our Lady's Isle, it's called by the people. It's in that small lake, not on the map. Evidently, it was missed when our troops were here before. It's still intact? Yes, and visited secretly by night. The people are rowed across by boat. It must be destroyed. I'll move against it at once. Oh, wait. There's no point in raiding and catching a priest or so in the net. Well, what then should I do? These Catholics have certain holy days on which great numbers flock to the churches and shrines. Yeah. Here's a book with all of them listed. Ah, the next one is... Uh... Ah, August 15th. Wednesday. It's called the Feast of the Assumption. It's recorded here that it's the greatest of all the festivals in honor of the Mother of Christ. Small island, escape cut off, hundreds of people, a perfect trap. Conceal your men in the boats till they've crossed over. Then close the trap like this. (laughs) 
The night of August 15th was black and sultry. The moon hidden by heavy clouds. From a concealed position, Cromwell and his son-in-law could hear the pilgrims clamber into their boats and row toward the island. Though their danger was great, the pilgrims could not forego the ancient custom of singing the praise of Mary. And thus they notified the marauders they were approaching the island. Quickly, several men slipped into the water and swam with sharp knives gripped between their teeth to where the boats were moored. They cut the lines, pushed the boats from the shore, and then swam back to meet the oncoming raiders led by Cromwell. There was little need for the muffled oars, for now the people were in the church, and the high mass of the Assumption was being sung. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the... I call on you to surrender in the name of the Commonwealth, please. What would you have of us? We have come to the house of God to pay homage to the mother of Christ. Idolaters, worshippers of images, it's useless to resist. You're unarmed, your boats are adrift. Have mercy, Cromwell. I beg of you. Not to harm those who've come here this night. The flock is as guilty of treason as the shepherd. This is a place of iniquity and will be purged with fire. Duffy! Duffy! Set the place on fire. Stop that boy! unarmed parishioners fought as best they could as their priest was struck down. Duffy found himself the only guardian of the altar vessels. He gathered them in the skirt of his cassock and darted out the sacristy door. Stop that boy! Here's the silver vessels! Stop him! He's headed for the lake! Stop! Stop, boy! I'll kill you! No! No! Don't! Don't that! No! No! through the vessels into the lake. Men are diving for them. We'll move on. But the vessels haven't been... They can't be of much value. Leave them. Parliament has summoned me back to deal with the Scots. When do you leave? At once. I leave the conquest in your good hands. Thank you, my father-in-law. What you've accomplished in Ireland will never be forgotten. of the dying flames. And next morning, the statue of Our Lady still stood upright 
in the ruins. For many years, no one dared go to the shrine except at night. The story of the little altar boy was passed on from generation to generation. And after many years, people were again free to make the Assumption pilgrimages. As years passed, the legend was all but forgotten. Eventually, a church was built on the mainland across from the island. And on a sultry day, late in the 19th century, a priest was enlightening another boy on a bit of Anglo-Irish history. And of this you may be sure, Michael, all the killing and burning was useless. For the Irish kept their faith, taught them from the beginning by the holy St. Patrick. Father, my cousin who lives in Ulster says the Catholics killed as many Protestants as Cromwell killed Catholics. It is true there was killing on both sides, even as there is today. But the provocation was great, for the soldiers from across the waters not only robbed the people of their lands and livelihood, but tried to destroy their religion. And this all began with Henry VIII? Yes. Father, is it true Henry VIII wanted to get rid of his wife who was old and fat and marry someone who was much prettier? Now, who's been telling you that story? Oh, I heard the older boys talking, and they said that even before Henry got rid of his wife, he was daft about it. It'll be much better if you learn your catechism and not be listening to stories. Now, I'm sleepy. Suppose you take a row on the lake and study it, and come back to me in an hour with it well learned. Yes, Father. Michael rode out on the shimmering water. But curiosity was stronger than learning this day. And he soon found himself on the island and standing before the ancient ruins of a shrine. He was startled by a soft sound. He rubbed his eyes. And then in fright, he ran for his boat and rowed to the mainland. Go away. Who who is it? Father, the ruins. The lady. I saw her. Oh, it's you, Michael. Have you learned the catechism? No, Father. I went to the island, and there I saw... And why not? Isn't that what I told you to do? Father, I rode to the island. There was a beautiful lady there. A lady? Yeah. Michael, what would a lady be doing on a forlorn little island in the midst of nowhere? Father, I saw her. She was sobbing among the ruins. Who is she? What did she say to you? Nothing. She just sobbed. I was frightened, so I came to tell you. You sure now you didn't lie down? Oh, just for a minute and fall asleep and no, dream? No, no, Father. I saw her. I saw her. Mm-hmm. It's plain to see you'll not be learning your catechism in the state of mind you're in, so... It is not recorded whether the father saw the lovely lady weeping amid the ruins. But he was interested, and he investigated the history of the place and decided to revive the pilgrimages. 
With few interruptions, they've continued since that time. There's many who deny the story of the altar boy and dismiss it as a legend. And yet, what is a legend but a grain of truth, magnified and made more beautiful in the retelling? One year, when the water was low in the lake, a cross of ancient design was found. Duffy could have thrown it there when Cromwell sacked the shrine. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor. For those in need of spiritual renewal, we staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.